I am Drew Duncan. You guys are checking me out live on Block 50 Radio. Do not forget that Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. Additionally, you can find me on YouTube, simply Drew Duncan Radio. Of course, Block 50 Global Radios, wherever you are listening. Please tell your device to listen to Fired Up by Drew Duncan on iTunes, iHeart, etc., etc. In case of Mr. Show Live, you can always listen there. All right, guys. Plenty to get to today. Obviously, we're going to be talking a little college football, FPI, football player index, something that I absolutely cannot stand. Of course, we're going to be talking about things that were being talked about within the Hall of Fame game last night. Plenty of get to today. All right, let's get right into it. Uh, first of all, Hall of Fame game last night. Things that were being discussed. Things that were being discussed that continue to upset me, right? You know, because they were talking about how football is made for television with instant replay and all those things until Peyton Manning came along. I guess we're just going to continue to pretend that Warren Moon and the Houston Oilers didn't exist. I guess we're going to continue to pretend that Jim Kelly and the Buffalo Bills didn't exist. It just gets annoying. Look, I've said my entire life, all right, that everybody gets one, maybe two, three's the limit. And that is in terms of players that you think are overrated and everybody else just loves them. And for me, Peyton Manning is one of those guys. I just think he's overrated. I think if you give a lot of quarterbacks, Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, Clark, Edger and James, then Joseph Adai, pretty good offensive line. I think if you give them Bobby Sanders and Dwight Freeney alone on defense and a Hall of Fame head coach, I think a lot of quarterbacks do pretty good for themselves. And I know that people are going to say, well, he won a Super Bowl with two different football teams. That is fine and dandy. So did number 12. Who, by the way, he had very little success against. In fact, there was one point in Peyton Manning's career where he really didn't have success against teams with a winning record in the regular season. I guess we just forget all the one-and-dones that Peyton Manning had. I just have always felt like Peyton Manning was either carried by an extraordinary offense or an extraordinary defense. I mean, everybody loves to talk about Peyton Manning. Uh, He won that second Super Bowl with Denver. I guess we're just going to forget about Vaughn Miller. DeMarcus Ware. Aqib Talib, and by the way, Aqib Talib said at one point during the season that the defense is getting tired of carrying the offense, and let's not forget that Peyton Manning rode the pine for four and a half football games, and for three of those games, still led the league in interceptions. It took three weeks before somebody else was ahead of him in interceptions, and he didn't even throw for 130 yards in that Super Bowl. 
So let's just be clear that that last season was not Peyton Manning in the year that he got Denver to the Super Bowl that everybody always talks about. Uh, Seattle pretty much went to pound town on the Denver Broncos. Offensively, Seattle didn't have a lot of stats. They didn't need them. First play of the game right over Manning's head. Yeah, They were not ready. They were not ready for that defense. It's just frustrating. Jim Kelly, Warren Moon, those guys get no credit for the hurry-up style of offense in which you see in today's era. And and furthermore, I mean, during the two-minute drill, quarterbacks have always called their own plays. And there was a point in time in the NFL where quarterbacks always called their own plays. They didn't rely on coaches. The coaches would give them a play card or they would draw plays up. And then the quarterback just basically would fill the game out. What Manning did was nothing new. It was just in an era where television and internet and all that kind of simultaneously were coming up. He was just right place at the right time, if you ask me. He was good. Do not get me wrong. But throwing it minus five yards behind the line of scrimmage and then Marvin Harrison running for 30, and then I got to hear three different announcers talk about how Manning read the defense. <laughs> okay. Um, just had to get that off of my chest. DTR, man, I'm telling you what, wasn't his biggest fan while he was at UCLA. But I'm going to tell you something. If he keeps playing like he did last night, we're going to be having a different conversation about DTR. We're going to be having a conversation about where does he get traded to so he can start. That's what that is. I mean, somebody's going to say, well, it was preseason. Yes, it was. John Elway, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, et cetera, et cetera. All of them started off as backup quarterbacks in the preseason at some point. And now look where they are. Brett Favre. Brett Favre was not the starter initially when he was Atlanta. He was not the starter when he got traded to Green Bay. Tom Brady was not the starter going into the season. Drew Bledsoe was. Patrick Mahomes was not the starter the first year. Alex Smith was. So don't tell me, don't put any emphasis on this. And I know people love to say, well, you know, we all got to pretend like we like preseason football. I love preseason football. I get to see things like that. And Kellen Mond, honestly, he didn't play bad either. Mond played pretty good. He had, I know if somebody's going to say, well, you know, he had the interception. That's fine. He had some drop passes. He made some on-point throws. Guys just weren't making plays. Which, honestly, if you're Cleveland, you better get that receiving core together. You know, all night long, all they wanted to talk about was Deshaun Watson and how he's going to open up the offense and they're going to take pressure off of Nick Chubb. Well, <laughs> it's going to it's not going to matter who the quarterback of that football team is. If those guys can't start coming up with some catches. That's pretty simple.
But Mon, to me yesterday, was a perfect example of why I never lead with stats. Ever. I've always put an emphasis on, dude, go watch the game. Because the numbers don't lie, but they don't always tell the entire story either. Mon looked good last night. Finally, to kind of close out yesterday, I will say this. I liked the way things were. It was kind of the first time I think we saw really this loosey-goosey for the Hall of Fame game. It really was a good vibe, a good atmosphere. You know, you had the lights go out. That's something to talk about, obviously. It was just, it, it had a really good feel to it. It had an amazing feel. And it was a lot of fun to watch. Football's close to being back. Was it August 26th? First college football game this season. It's got a good feel to it. I don't like the jock riding of Aaron Rodgers, though. But. All right, everybody. I am Drew Duncan. Plenty more to get to today. We're going to be talking about Aaron Rodgers a little bit later on in the program. College football, FBI, all kinds of good things to get to. This is Fired Up, live on Block 50 Global Radio. Do not forget that Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. Additionally, you can find me on YouTube, Drew Duncan Radio. And, of course, if you miss the show live, Block 50 Global Radio is wherever you are listening. iTunes, iHeart, Spreaker, Deezer, etc., etc. Wherever you're listening, we are there. Simply tell your device to play Fired Up by Drew Duncan on Block 50 Global Radio. And, as always, don't you dare touch that dial. I am Drew Duncan. You guys are checking me out live on Block 50 Global Radio. Do not forget that Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. Of course, you can listen all day, every day. Block 50 Global Radio is online. Wherever you are listening, we are there. iTunes, iHeart, Deezer, Google Podcasts, etc. Simply tell your device to play Fired Up by Drew Duncan on Block 50 Global Radio. Plenty more to get to. We're going to be talking about college football player indexes from ESPN. I hate that thing. Uh, We're also going to be talking about plenty more. Aaron Rodgers, obviously, left to get to. Right now, I want to get into Tubby Smith. Boy, this is a hell of a quote from Tubby. Quote, we had over 800 Division I players transfer last year. Over 800. Come on. Teaching them how to quit. That's what we're doing. Things not going well, let's quit. He would continue to say, I remember calling my dad when I was a freshman. High Point College. Dad, people not treating me. This and that. I'm unhappy here. There wasn't but two blacks in the whole school. My dad said, son, somebody doing something to you? No. You're still getting your scholarship, aren't you? They're still feeding you. They're still housing you. You're getting your education. I said, yes, sir. He said, 
you can't come home. Your bed's been taken, but you can join the army. Best thing he ever told me, end quote. Look, I can appreciate where the old school is coming from, right? Greg Olson, I've talked about that a couple of days ago on the program where he was basically, which to me, Greg Olson didn't make any sense at all, but he was telling me about how you went to Miami to get a good education, to play football, and most likely go to the NFL. That was the feeling if you got recruited by Miami, that it wasn't about flash, and the transfer portal, I understand where a lot of people are coming from. Okay, You've had Brian Kelly say, look, we don't want professional athletes. We don't even let professional athletes do this. What's going on? Well, first of all, it's not uncommon because we need to remember that this is college. It's not uncommon for people to transfer, not because they're quitting, but because they're going to go finish their degree somewhere else. That's not an uncommon thing. Now, is it always about that? Nope. Sometimes it is about money. Michigan basketball knows all about that right now, don't they? When your star player says, uh, KU is just throwing the dinero at me, bro. I'm heading out the door. Sometimes it's a situation like with Deion Sanders. He rolled into Colorado. He said, if you don't think you're going to be fit to make it for this football team, then go ahead and hit the transfer portal. I don't think it's a matter of quitting. Look at Caleb Williams. Didn't Caleb Williams just follow his coach to USC? I've interviewed umpteen high school JUCO coaches. They've all said, look, when I tell my guys you're getting ready to go to D1, you better like the coach. Or you better like the program because the coach's job is day-to-day. Now, that was nearly 10 years ago. It's not like that anymore. If you love the coach, the coach's job gets gets fired or he takes a better opportunity or whatever the case may be. You can follow him now. Your credits are most likely going to transfer. It's not going to be that difficult of a process. And why quit? Look, let's think about this for a second. Oklahoma State, in back-to-back years, had Thurman Thomas and Barry Sanders. Do you think that in today's college football, Barry Sanders would sit around and wait behind Thurman Thomas? Let's not forget Barry Switzer allegedly having a comment where he said, "Uh, be careful with Thurman, you don't want that Barry guy to come in. The point of what I'm saying is he would have had the opportunity to go somewhere else and start and get noticed now. And what's really going on is the realization these kids know that they've got to cash in on their popularity while they've got it. They have the best understanding, I think, of any generation. Football is short-lived. It is only a small part of my life, and I need to build my brand while I can. Remember, it used to be, you know, even if you do make it to the NFL, son, you're probably going to get hurt. You're going to play two or three years if you're lucky and you're going to get hurt. Then what are you going to do with your life? 
These kids understand that now more than they do, I think, at any other time in history. And I don't think a whole bunch of them are simply just trying to make it to the NFL anymore. And I think the NIL's deals are good because they can cash in on that fame. They can cash in on that popularity. They can cash in literally with dinero. And I think that you're going to be seeing eventually more and more kids staying all four years in college football. Because they can get paid. They can finish their education. Then they can go to the league. And while they have all that popularity, they can start generating entrepreneur businesses. They can start getting themselves a little kickback for the ones who don't go to the NFL or don't pan out in the NFL. And then they need a regular job. Well, now they've hopefully stashed away a little bit of money. And who wouldn't have loved a regular little stash when you're going to your menial job so that way you're not starving to death all day long at work? And when you're going to your job, you've got money for breakfast, money for lunch, dinner's good to go when you come home. You're not eating once a day and working your way up and doing all those things. There's not a person in the world who wouldn't have loved to start off like that. I I just don't understand the hate that we are having for kids that have learned the game and how it's played and they are playing it back and they are saying, I am going to get mine. We have raised people to be individuals to begin with, not team players. And how have we done that? Every single comment section rattles off stats. There's not a person in the world. I can't tell you how many times somebody's gotten to my comment section and they just three paragraphs of nothing but stats. That's why. You have to rely on your individual accomplishments in today's society in order to make it. You have to be selfish. Think about all the struggling families right now that could be helped out by, you know what? I don't have to pay for college. I don't have to help them with their first apartment. I don't have to help them with their first house, their first car. Talk about a load coming off of mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, aunt, auntie, whoever. Think about the load coming off of that. How many parents would dream of that situation? And stop pretending it's just football and basketball. This is women's basketball. This is women's soccer. This is men's soccer. This is men's baseball. Which at places like Alabama, North Carolina are still very prominent sports. I just think that Everybody's got this feeling that it's also out of control when it's not nearly to that level. You want to know out of control, then go look at the allegations from Louisville and Patino. That's out of control. You don't want to know things that I've heard that football players have told me. You don't. Period. 
Guys, I am Drew Duncan. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. This is Fired Up. We're live on Block 50 Global Radio. Do not forget that Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. Block 50 Global Radio is there wherever you are. In case you miss the show live, jump on your device. Tell it to play Fired Up by Drew Duncan on Block 50 Global Radio. It's iTunes, iHeart. Deezer, Spreaker, wherever you are listening, we are there. And as always, don't you dare touch that dial. Everybody, I'm Drew Duncan. You guys are checking me out live on Block 50 Global Radio. This is Fired Up. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. Additionally, you can find me on YouTube. Look for Drew Duncan Radio. And, of course, Block 50 Global Radio is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And do not forget that you can find us wherever you are listening to podcasts. In case you missed the show live, that is Block 50 Global Radio on Deezer, iTunes, iHeart, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, wherever you are listening, we are there. Guys, plenty to get to today. We're talking about things that I hate, like the FPI, ESPN's Player Football Index Rankings. They think that these top five teams have the best chance to make it to the college football playoff this year. We're going to be talking about Florida State. Looks like they want to go ahead and figure out a way to get out of the ACC. Why is the Big Ten suddenly so attractive to all these college football teams across the landscape? We're going to be, t- we're going to be getting into that as well. Plenty of other things to discuss. Let's get to it. First of all, hey, I, I don't like the idea of preseason polls, FPIs, and anybody who's listened to me for a significant amount of time knows these things. I can't stand it because I think it's bad for college football. I think it puts too much emphasis on past accomplishments. I think it puts too much emphasis on things that teams did a year ago, five years ago, 20 years ago. I mean, the Tennessee Volunteers survived off of the success that they had from basically about 96 to 01 for about 15 years by starting every single season ranked in the top 25 in college football polls. Every year we had to see it. And it just got tiresome. I don't like going off of the last year. I don't like going off of the last 20 years. I like looking at what is going to happen this year. And I like to treat every year as a new season because all the players deserve that. Look, it's understandable to believe Georgia could still be a number one football team. It's understandable to believe that Alabama could come back this season And even though it was, quote, a down year for them with only two losses, they could come back and and be a playoff football team again this year. 
I, I get where people think Michigan could be reloading. I understand why people could be high on Caleb Williams and USC. I get all that. I understand why Texas looks really good because last year, phenomenal quarterback situation. Unfortunately, too many injuries, especially a quarterback. I get that. What I don't get is go ahead and ranking it out right away and then leaving like the Cincinnati's back in the fog. Like, well, we'll put them at 25. We'll put them at 24. And then as the season goes along and those types of teams are undefeated, you're, you're holding them hostage at a 13. Meanwhile, and this has literally happened, teams that they've beat are still ranked five, six spots ahead of them. Remember Iowa State? Remember that? Yeah. So I just really believe that we need to stop doing all this before the, at bare minimum, eighth week in college football. Maybe after the fourth week. I used to say after the fourth week. And I do mean after. Not during, but after. But now, the way that the landscape is changing and the expansion of the college football playoff and all that, I just really believe that it's time to wait until the eighth week at least. I personally wouldn't like to see a college football playoff ranking happen until week 12. And I think FPI, you know, these indexes that they have are potentially the dumbest thing walking. They really are. What do they even prove? Like, in half the time, these FPI, it, it doesn't even pan out, man. It's almost like a curse. It's easy to say Alabama's a good football team at this point. And that's because of what Nick Saban has built over there. I mean, geez, didn't they have six guys going the first round in one damn draft? It's pretty simple to be like, well, you know who's got some big dogs coming in, Alabama. I mean, this is real secret sauce stuff right here. Bro, no, it's not. And then it's just an easy presumption that Georgia's going to be good again this year because they were great last year. You're not really doing anything that's hard-hitting at this point. Which, by the way the teams that they have as the best five teams to make the chance are Ohio State, Georgia, Bama, Texas, Michigan, USC. You know, I remember last year, the thing I said about Ohio State after about the fifth week in college football was they were the team that had the best chance to compete with Georgia. What I didn't like about Ohio State was their defense. And what I didn't like about them was the special teams and they end up not getting that field or, you know, that extra point that end up costing them the football game. Of course, a field goal. But it, it just, to me, offensively, they were the team that matched up the best with Georgia. And a lot of people thought I was crazy after Michigan beat them. And I still maintain that Michigan didn't have a shot and that Ohio State was the team logically, matchup-wise, was able to get with Georgia, and actually have a chance to win. 
I mean, if you ask me, that was the championship game last year. And it would have been the championship game last year if you had Ohio State and Michigan in opposite football games. And it would have been one of the best championship games we've ever seen, ever. Just coming in, there's just so many differences, right? Especially for Ohio State quarterback-wise. It's that way. And Caleb Williams, you know, he's a good football player. But him and Lincoln Riley, I know people really love that combination. But let's be real about it here for a second. Lincoln Riley hasn't proven that he can win big football games. Last year, they struggled in games that were close. They don't do anything really during the season that was awe-inspiring. I think the Pac-12 has been overrated for a long time. I don't think tough teams come out of the Pac-12. I think teams come out of the Pac-12 that are flashy, flamboyant. They They play pretty football. That's what they do. They play pretty football, but they're not hard-nosed enough to actually be able to win tough football games. So there's just a lot of hit and miss over there. And Caleb Williams really struggles in big games and has a tendency to turn the football over a lot. Go look at when they played Utah. Remember that comeback? This is why I don't like FPIs because there's just there's too much there. But when you look at it, you go, eh, I don't know, man. They might make a playoff, but you really think they're going to beat Georgia? I mean, I said it about TCU all year long. They're not going to compete with Georgia. It's not going to happen. Said it about Michigan. It's not going to happen. So we'll see what happens this year as the season goes along. Guys, I am Drew Duncan. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. This is Fired Up. We've got plenty more to get to in case you miss this live. Don't forget to take a device to play Fired Up by Drew Duncan on Block 50 Global Radio on iTunes, iHeart, etc. Don't you dare touch that dial. I am Drew Duncan. This is Fired Up. Do not forget that Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. Additionally, YouTube is on at Drew Duncan Radio. And do not forget that wherever Global Block 50 Global Radio is, we are there. That's Block 50 Global Radio online on iHeart, iTunes, Deezer, Spreaker, wherever you are listening. Block 50 Global Radio is there. Simply tell your device to play Fired up by Drew Duncan on Block 50 Global Radio. Still plenty more to get to today. We're going to go back into college football. Obviously, it's no secret at this juncture that the Big Ten is potentially looking at adding more teams. And that is Washington, Oregon, Florida State, and Clemson. And that is to begin, by the way, for the 2024 season. So next year. 
no waiting, no goofing off, no none of that. Next season, that's when they want these teams to be able to do it, which, by the way, that means there's going to be a lot of schedule changes. And for those who don't think that they don't do the schedules years in advance, they still very much do so do that. So there's that. My thing is, and look, people who know me know I'm a very modern guy. I like the NIL deals, which we're going to get into some later news on that. I love that these kids are getting what they deserve. I've talked umpteen times about sponsorship deals and all these things in place that athletes should absolutely 110% be privileged to getting a cut of. Um, I have talked before about education, what it means to college athletes. I believe that the little guys should get a chance in the college football playoff. Look, I'm a modern guy. I really am. There are things, though, that still happen in the world of college football that don't make sense to me. And number one, that's regional conferences. You know, we're always talking about the education aspect, and it just further proves, by the way, that the NCAA and these universities don't really care as much as they claim that they do. The travel time that it takes, like when West Virginia joined the Big 12, I just knew that it wasn't going to work out for them with football especially. It's just too much travel time. It's too much time in, in the air. It's too. It's way too much to ask of an 18, 19-year-old to have jet lag, to have jet lag constantly just be in and out of different time zones. Uh, you do realize that if Oregon and Washington head to the Big Ten, that means they're going to be switching time zones at least – Six games a year, at least. And for what? Regional rivalries in college football are part of what made college football what it is today. And I think sometimes that gets lost. Now, I will say this. I think it's okay to move on from from rival games. I think it's okay to move on from Nebraska and OU. I think it's okay to move on from those type games because – After a while, they don't hold the national attention that you need anymore. That's just the reality of it. It's like, oh, well, Notre Dame's going to play USC again this year. Whoop-de-doo. Because unless they're both really, truly good, prolific football teams that year, it doesn't do anything for the universities other than just add another notch on the belt, basically. And it doesn't do anything on a national level for the game of football anymore because it's just like after a while, why is Notre Dame and USC – always a thing at the end of the year. We've had some really good games, but name the last really good game that meant a lot between Notre Dame and USC that you could say truly altered the college football playoff landscape or the BCS. I mean, the last one that comes to mind for me, obviously, was the year that Reggie Bush pushed Matt Leinart into the end zone. That was about the last time. I just, and I realize that Notre Dame has made the college football playoff in recent years, but they haven't been a factor in the college football playoff. They got droned, drummed, man. I tried to say droned and drummed not at the same time. I don't know, whatever. It's what it is. And Florida State's going to have a hard time anyways. 
because they sold their grant of rights, by the way, in a TV deal that wasn't just with the ACC, but also with the ESPN. Now, if anybody doesn't know what the grant of rights is, that means all the money that you make goes back to the ACC. So even if they were to jump ship and head to the Big Ten, then effectively everything that they make wouldn't help out other Big Ten schools or the Big Ten or anybody else because of their TV deal, which means that all the time that they're on TV, that money's going to go back to the ACC. So they're going to have to pay a lot of money if they want in the Big Ten. And what's making the Big Ten so attractive to everybody all of a sudden anyways? You know, people don't understand just how grueling football is in November in the Midwest and out East. I am from Wichita, Kansas, and I have seen some grueling winters out there. I've seen winters where it started snowing on Christmas Eve, and I kid you not, it didn't stop until May, and in May, it just started raining. Every day, there was snow and ice all over the ground. Do you really believe that a team that's used to playing out in California is going to be able to go and do that three times a month in November? Even twice a month in November? You got to be tough to play football in the Midwest and in the Big Ten. There's a reason why a lot of those schools still run very old school, under the center, Mash the football up the middle in your face football. It's because of the weather. Have you ever been to Pennsylvania in the winter? Hey, I guess you forget how close that is to Canada. And I guess you forget just how cold it gets out there in the east. It's no joke. And people are like, well, it snows in Oregon. Bro, I promise you, the snow in Washington and in Oregon is nothing like the snow that is in the Midwest. There are parts in Missouri where if it snows and ices at all, nobody can go anywhere or do anything because of all the hills and mountains. Because if you try to get up there with your car, you're just going to end up sliding backwards again. And if you try to walk it up, it's not going to happen. You're going to get about a quarter of the way up there before you just slip and fall, and that's it. It's impossible to get anywhere. You have not played football in the Midwest and in the in the East in November. You're in for a rude awakening. And I'm not really sure that I like all this moving around anyways, not just because it doesn't make sense regionally, but additionally, it just doesn't make sense on a scheduling level. Again, I think that we're asking too much of these kids, and I really truly believe that you're putting yourself in a bad position because you're creating tired players, and tired players who are unhappy don't play well. Now you're going to say, well, they're getting money for all this. That is true. That is true. So, yes, more is going to be expected of them because of the NIL deals. But, mister, I'm so worried about education. Let's not forget, they still got classes to attend. 
when the hell are they supposed to do their homework? I just think that it's bad. What we are looking at right now is the potential of maybe three major conferences in college football, and that's it. Bye-bye, Pac-12. Bye-bye, Big 12. The Big East dissolved in football how long ago? We're just looking at the end of the five majors, and it'll probably just be three major football conferences, and that's it. The Big 12 made too many mistakes and didn't add teams that they should have years ago. Years ago. Guys, I am Drew Duncan. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio, as well as YouTube is on Drew Duncan Radio. This is Block 50 Global Radio, fired up. You can listen wherever we are, you are, wherever you are, we are there. Simply tell your device to play Fired Up by Drew Duncan on Block 50 Global Radio. We'll be back right after this.